Well, hey, Rocky Peak, Michael here again, and uh, again, just want to welcome you. If this is your very first time, uh, so so happy to have you. I'm looking forward to uh, kicking off the, the year with a special message today. And so if you haven't uh, already downloaded your note sheet, uh, whatever, whether you're on YouTube or whether you're on the online platform that we use, I uh, really encourage you to do that because that'd be so helpful for you as we go through this time of teaching together. And by the way, before we, uh, we, we jump in, I just want to thank Thank you again, like, like Andy just did for your, just your generous giving. You know, we, we met our goal, kind of surpassed our goal for uh, year in giving, which is going to uh, position us so well as we look to the new year. And then uh, for our uh, Hope for Uganda, that money is still coming in, but we've already gone over $100,000 for that generosity initiative. So once again, just thank you for your ongoing support and for your generosity as we serve Jesus together in, in the kingdom. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then we're going to jump into the message. Let's pray together. So, Father, we just thank you so much for this time that we can be together as your church, uh, gathered at the start of a, a new year underneath your leadership, underneath the umbrella of your word and spirit, that we would come, uh, come under your leadership as we look to the future and for you to guide us as a church. And so we just thank you for these things that we're going to be talking about to, today. And we just pray for, uh, I pray for a great freedom of your spirit as I share the things that you ha- have put on my heart, that you will be putting on my heart even as I talk now. And I pray for us as a church that we would gather around and just have ears to hear what your spirit is saying to each of us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Well, our story starts today, um, it's, a, it's a Wednesday, and uh, it's in the spring, and they're on a getaway, a quick getaway. It's the middle of the week, and uh, it's been a busy time, and they just want to reconnect with one another and celebrate her birthday, and so they decide to, uh, to drive up the coast to, uh, to one of their favorite quaint little villages. We're going to spend the next couple of days just get some uh, kind of well-needed, uh, deserved, and, and needed uh, R&R. And uh, so when they first arrived that day, it was just a beautiful day as they drove up the coast. And um, when they pulled into their, their hotel, they, they went ahead and checked in their room. And then after when they went on a walk down to the beach. And uh, afterwards, they went out and got some dinner, and then they stayed up late. And this is the greatest thing about vacation, right, is that you, you can do whatever you want. And uh, so they stayed up late, and then they slept in the morning. In the morning, uh, when he woke up, he, he reached over and got his phone, as he normally do, just to check to see if there's anything going on at the office urgent that he needed to respond to. And he was really surprised because he had a text there from a, a friend of his, but someone that he hadn't heard, of, uh, from, for, heard from for a long time. And, uh, and on top of that, the question that the friend was asking was very, seemed very odd to him. And... Uh, And so as he responded to that text, little did he know that that text was about to derail their vacation and in fact change the course of their future. Well, today we're kicking off the the new year. I know uh, Dre did that as well with a special series the last couple of weeks, but I wanted to take my shot at it as well and kick off the new year, though, honestly, uh, though we're only, what, about eight or nine days into it, whatever it is, that it seems like we've, it almost seems like it's an old year uh, or a year in review. But uh, I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to this new year. 2020 was such a difficult year. I realize it's continuing, but it was such a difficult year 
Um, it, was, it was funny, at Christmas time, we got uh, a Christmas card, it was one of my favorite cards we got this year, and uh, it was just sort of a blank, kind of a green, blank green card, and on the front, uh, it had uh, the year 2020 in big gold letters, and then below it, it had the five stars, like you could rate the year, and it had one star, one yellow star, and at the bottom of the card, it's the, the caption said, uh, where do I get my refund? And I think uh, a lot of us can uh, relate to that. This has been a hard year in so many ways. But one of, the, one of the challenges, one of the ways it's been hard is it's so hard, it's been so hard for us not to meet as a church together uh, under kind of one roof at one time uh, and have that regular uh, shoulder-to-shoulder uh, fellowship. And, uh, uh, you know, this has gone on for so long. I mean, uh, no one uh, would have guessed at the time when this started back in March that we'd be here in January and still not gathered together uh, at, at one place at one time. And, uh, you know, this takes, us, it takes me back to the story that we started the day with. Uh, this story I started the day with about this couple going up the coast and to this favorite little village that they like to go to and, and then getting this text that derailed the, 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 the two-day vacation. And uh, this was actually a story from, from Lynn's life, my life, uh, last March, uh, you know, when COVID first hit. And uh, the, way, the way it went is that um, we were, if you remember back at the beginning of the year, we, were, we did that series called Serving Sacrificially, discovering your purpose, and we were all doing it together as a whole church. We were writing the own curriculum. I was writing the curriculum uh, with my daughter, and, uh, and so um, those are always really difficult times whenever we go through something like that, really challenging times. And so we were, we were uh, approaching the last week and week 10 of that series. And, uh, and so what was going to happen is that Sunday, I was going to give the final, Saturday and Sunday, I was going to give final messages here at church. And then I was going to jump on a plane Sunday afternoon. I was going to fly to Israel for almost a month where I was going to, for the very first time, lead back-to-back trips to Israel. Some of you will remember that. And so because it had been such a hard season and because I was going to be leaving for so long, Lynn and I decided to get away to uh, Avila Beach, which is just south of San Luis Obispo. We love going there. And uh, just for a couple days, R&R, to connect with one another, celebrate her birthday before I left. And so like I said, you know, when we, we got up, there was a beautiful day. We, we took the walk, about a half an hour walk down to the beach from our hotel. And uh, then we got some pizza for dinner. We stayed up late and uh, slept in the next day, which is what, what I love about vacation, right? There's no schedule. But I woke up about eight and Lynn was still asleep and I reached for my phone and I had a, a text from a friend of mine. He's a, a friend here locally, not from Rocky Peak, but he's actually a pastor at another church. And uh, he asked this question that seemed so strange at the time. He said, uh, are you meeting this weekend? It's Rocky Peak meeting this weekend. And I thought it was so strange because this was back in, in the first days of COVID. I, I don't know if you remember where, where you were when you first heard the term shelter in place. I, I remember the very first time I heard that that was happening in San Francisco and I honestly pictured like some kind of like convicts pen with 2,000 people. And what are they doing to those people? I had no idea. So it was very early days of this. And at that point, the governor of California had, had shut down any uh, 
any uh, assemblies larger than a thousand, but that hadn't affected our weekend services. And so we were moving ahead. We could kind of see the writing, handwriting on the wall. We were beginning to make preparations for going online services if we need to do that for those who weren't comfortable in coming. But what had happened was the night before on that Wednesday night, the governor had, done a, had, had given a press conference in which he asked all organizations larger than 250, all meetings larger than 250, not to meet anymore. And suddenly that's what I was waking up to. And suddenly I went from vacation mode to crisis mode and just a, and just a flash. And I was on the phone and then we were make, making a, kind of a FaceTime and pulling our leadership team together, meeting here at the church. I was up there as we began to strategize. And I said, hey, we've got to go online in two days. We've been planning on doing it later in the month. But I said, I know it's impossible. We've got to do it. And so it was all hands on deck as we prepared to share with you, as I wrote an email to you, did videos and so on. But if you were to have told me at that time that 10 months later in January, we would still not be meeting together indoors in this worship center, I think I would have been shocked and probably you would have been too. And so as we look to the new year, I'm looking forward to so many things. Uh, I realize that we're in a very difficult time still right now with kind of the surge and your kids, most of your kids are still not in school or your, your grandkids. Um, you've got many of you unemployed or businesses uh, shut down. There's a lot of things that are, are going on still as, this whole, as our whole world's kind of shut down again right now. But I think there's a lot of reasons to hope as well. As you look at how we've learned so much more about COVID and how who, who, uh, who's impacted most by COVID, how to treat it as the, uh, th- as the different vaccines are being developed and now distributed. There's hope uh, for the future. But one of the things that I'm looking forward to the most this year is returning at some point to our campus. Now, uh, one of the developments that is, has happened uh, recently. One of the things that happened just a couple of weeks ago that you may or may not be aware of is that the, the, uh, the county of LA, I think because of recent Supreme Court um, uh, decisions that were in favor of churches, that they did a, a U-turn and they, they changed their, uh, their, uh, their standards for churches. And uh, they said that it's fine now for churches to start meeting indoors and there's no longer any artificial restrictions like there was last summer when they said you can meet indoors but no more than 100 people regardless of the size of your uh, church worship center. And this time they're saying that it's fine to, to meet indoors as long as you have appropriate social distancing and masks and, and all that sort of thing. And so this is uh, obviously opening the door for us as we move into this new year. Now, just because that you have a right to do something doesn't always mean that it's the wise thing to do, right? And so we want to talk about that today. But what I want to do is talk with you as we, we look at, this, at the future and, and uh, returning to our campus at some point uh, this coming year. I want to talk to you about uh, kind of where some of our current thinking is. And I want to lay out for you kind of four important steps that I think we need to take as a church and really each of us in our own life as we move into this new year. And so there in your note sheet, you have a section called the return four steps. 
What I want to do is walk you through these four steps that will help just frame up this whole, this whole issue. And then secondly, come back and ask you three very important questions for you to answer in your own life as we, as we look to the future, we look to this year. So the first step that we're all going to need to take together, and each in different ways, is to choose wisdom. Now, if you were here uh, last May, I did a, a series very early, or not a series, but a message very early uh, in this kind of this COVID crisis thing that was called COVID the, uh, the Church, or, or Christ the Church in COVID. And uh, in, that, in that message, I laid out five important principles I said would guide us through, and they have guided us through this entire time of crisis that we've been in. And one of those five principles was to choose wisdom. You may remember that, uh, that this fall, as we just, we just finished a series, The Blessing, we saw that if we want to live under God's blessing, that we, uh, we have to choose to walk the path of wisdom. As the father says to his son in Proverbs 4, we looked at this verse, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. First step of wisdom, get wisdom. And though it costs all you have, get understanding. Because it's the key to making the uh, decisions that will lead us uh, to life and that we'd live under God's blessing. And so we want to continue to embrace this principle as we move forward, as we have all along. And so I think, first of all, what that means is that as we look at this decision, we want to avoid extremes. We want to avoid uh, overestimating the danger of COVID, and we want to avoid underestimating. And I think both, both are important. I don't know about you, but, uh, but as I think back, let me see if I can get this chair to come up. There we go. Now I can't get it to go down. Just hold, oh my goodness, I should jump on it. All right. Uh, what, if you if remember back to, to March, I think one of the things that was so hard when COVID first hit was that we didn't really know much about it and we didn't really know how dangerous or not dangerous it was. I remember, you may remember this if you were here then, that, that some of the first people at Rocky Peak uh, for a long time to get COVID, uh, it was some of the first ones, were three people from my life group. And so I got to see up front and up close and personal the, the impact this had. And uh, these are all fairly, three fairly young, young people in our church, uh, probably in their late 20s, early 30s. Um, and uh, they had some significant symptoms, but one of the things that made it hardest was that we didn't really know how severe COVID was, how dangerous it was back then. And I remember for them, they, they had some, none of their symptoms were ever like life-threatening or go to the hospital or something. They had some significant symptoms. But recently, during Christmas, all three of them stopped by to surprise us one night at our house just with some uh, Christmas goodies that they, they had made. And as we were re reflecting back on the year together, reflecting back on that whole experience and how scary it was, what they said was the hardest thing about it, one of the hardest things about it, was not knowing. You know, not knowing how bad it was going to get, not knowing uh, what, 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 what the impact this was going to have uh, in their lives. And I think one of the advantages of where we're at today is we know a lot more today than we did back then. Uh, let me give you an example. For example, in the fall, I was doing research on this as I was thinking and praying over our direction as a church. And uh, one of the places I went was to the CDC website, which of course is, you know, a very authoritative uh, kind of source. And uh, uh, I was surprised because they, they had in there uh, kind of a table of sort of uh, 
survival rates for like if, based on demographics, based on your age, if you get COVID, uh, what would be your chances of surviving that? And here was, here was uh, as far as I know, these, these rates haven't changed. I, I, these were the most recent ones that I, I went back and they're still there. But, um, but here's what they said is that if you get COVID and you're under 70 years old, that your survival rate is gonna be 99.5%. Now that's, that's for zero to 70. The younger you go, the higher your survival rate goes. For example, if you're between the age of 20 and the age of 50 and you get COVID, your survival rate is 99.98% chance. And, and even at the upper end, if you're over 70, there's almost a 75, uh, 95%, I'm sorry, this book's a 95% of uh, survival. And so I think that we're in a much better spot overall understanding kind of how COVID works. Now, on the other hand, we don't want to minimize the dangers of it. I think that we've all known people that have, have been extremely sick, I'm not personally, or have even lost their lives. And so I want to minimize uh, the danger of it. But I think that we've, we've learned, uh, one, one, in fact, one of the verses that we looked at last uh, May was this verse I put there on your note sheet, that the prudent, uh, this is actually, uh, Solomon includes this twice in, in Proverbs, it's so important. But he says, the prudent, uh, in other words, the wise person sees danger and takes refuge. But the simple keep going and pay the penalty. So, what we want to do as we move forward, we want to choose wisdom. We don't want to overreact. We don't want to underreact. And I think, frankly, that that decision of choosing wisdom, as we'll talk about a lot today, is going to vary for, from person to person. What is choosing wisdom for one will be, choosing, will be something different uh, for others. But I, what, but what I want you to know is as we're looking at this as a church and considering opening our, our campus again for indoor uh, worship and indoor all of our ministries, uh, we're taking this safety, safety thing very seriously. So as we talk about it, we're, we're talking about uh, social distancing, we're talking about masks, we're talking about great ventilation, we're talking about sanitizing the rooms after every use, uh, we're talking about hand sanitizers. So we're, I think this is where we need to begin, that all of us in this journey, as we make this decision of returning whenever we do, uh, we need to start by choosing wisdom. Number two, the second thing that's going to be so important as we begin to return to our campus, whenever that time is, and I'll talk more about that as we go, but whenever it is, the, the second principle is we need to accept one another. Uh, this is one of the things that we've talked about a lot in this, uh, this last nine months because of all the turmoil in our culture, whether it was uh, COVID or racial or political. Uh, that we've talked about this many times that, that Jesus was so clear that as his followers, our top priority is to love one another as he's loved us. In fact, there in your note sheet, again, the last night that he was with his men as he was about to leave them and put them in charge of his movement, he said, a new command I give you, love one another. As I've loved you, so you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you're my disciples. This will be the, the distinguishing mark if you love one another. And as we move out into the New Testament, the Apostle Paul begins to practically apply that principle of love to the, uh, to the body of Christ, and especially when it comes to secondary issues. 
So in the New Testament, we talk about primary issues and secondary issues, right? These primary issues are issues that they define what it means to be a believer. We never compromise on these. Who Jesus is, who God is, uh, the authority of God's word, uh, the path of salvation, um, the moral code of the New Testament. You know, you think of sexual ethics and so on. These are things we never compromise. They're primary issues. But then there are secondary issues that believers will sometimes disagree on. And it's not that there's not a right or wrong answer, but it's just that they're not as clear, not as important, and sometimes we're gonna get them wrong. And Paul says when it comes to secondary issues, it's more important to be, to love and, and respect and accept one another, even if you believe the other person is wrong, than it is to be right on every issue. In fact, he goes on to say that, that this is actually a mark of spiritual maturity. It's a test of our spiritual maturity. How do we respond to people who disagree with us on important but secondary issues? And as we begin to move back to meeting again, whenever and however that happens, this is gonna be so important, whether it's in our life groups this session, uh, as some of your life groups begin to move indoors instead of outdoors, as some of your life groups move from being Zoom onto outdoors, that uh, as we begin to return to our campus for ministries, it's gonna be so important that we practice this, uh, this principle of accepting one another on these secondary uh, issues. And let me give you an example. The reason this is so important is because here at Rocky Peak, that we have a very wide spectrum of uh, where people are at in terms of COVID, how dangerous it is, uh, how, what's an appropriate response, how we feel about masks, how we feel about social distancing, how do we feel about lockdowns. We're all over the spectrum. Uh, let me give you an example. A couple days ago, we posted on Facebook um, this, uh, a short video for me inviting you to join us this weekend for this service as I talked about the return. And I, I wanna read you a couple responses that came in. Now, this was, these were responses that were posted publicly uh, on Facebook. I'm not gonna mention any names, but these are public statements, right, for people that are following us. Uh, and I'm not sure I know either one of them personally, but it just give you a sense of that, the spectrum that's here at our church. These were just uh, like there was one comment, one in between, and then th these two. And so, um, so this person says, the first person says, this is our, their response to my video about the return and a potentially soon return to our campus. Uh, Los Angeles County is the world epicenter of COVID right now. Currently, infection rates are at an all-time high with an LA citizen dying every 10 minutes to say nothing of lesser but still life-altering consequences of this highly transmittable disease. Do you really think it's wise or loving to even propose in-person services should resume soon? I would love to know the leadership's decision reasoning behind this baffling decision, all right? And then two people down from that, they responded like this. Sad that we have to wait for the government to say how you can worship. If people are nervous or immune, compromised, stay home. If you feel comfortable coming to work, uh, if you feel comfortable, come to worship and stop judging others. And then the third response right after that is, I can't wait to be indoors. And what I want to give you, the reason I give it to you is to help you see these are real people. And this is a very real issue here at Rocky Peak that we're going to be all over the spectrum on these issues. And here's what I want to, I want to point out. 
that I don't believe any of these people that are responding are bad or evil or some are more mature than others. It's not about that. It's just that each of us comes with our own understanding and opinions about how dangerous COVID is, how dangerous it's meeting, whether we should be shut down, whether restaurants should be shut down, whether small businesses should be shut down, whether churches should be shut down, or whether they need to be open because of suicide rate and anxiety levels and depression are going off the chart. We need churches more than ever. The point is, is that it's not because people are bad people. It's just because they have different opinions opinions on these very difficult issues. And so what this means is as a church, if we're gonna grow and grow up as a church, we have to learn to love and accept and respect one another even when we disagree on important but secondary issues. Uh, the Apostle Paul puts it like this in Romans 15, which is that he's, he's kind of winding up his teaching on primary and secondary issues from chapter 14 and 15. But he puts it like this, we who are strong, and in context, he means we who see correctly on these secondary issues, we who got it right. He says, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak. Yes, they're wrong on some of these issues, he says, but we need to bear with them and not to please ourselves. And he's, then he says, accept one another just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God that when we love one another, when we disagree on important issues, it brings praise to God. As the world looks at a, a, at a body of believers who really have differences of opinion but love and respect one another in spite of that, right? This is one way that we are lights in a dark world. And notice that what Paul says, he says that we're to accept one another in the same way that God accepted us. So the point is, God did not wait to accept us until we had all our theology right, or all our lifestyle right, or all our opinions on government right, or whatever. He loved us where we were, and then he begins to transform our minds, and we grow us. And so, we, he says, you need to treat one another the way God has treated you. Now, one of the things that this means for us is that we want to provide options. When we return to our campus, we want to continue to provide options because we realize that some of you are like the latter person on that Facebook feed that is just so excited to come back, so hungry to come back. Uh, and then we realize others of you, whether it's for concerns for the public good, whether it's concerns for your own health or someone else's health or someone you take care of or have interface with, that you're not, you're not ready to come back. And we understand that and we love you and we accept, we accept you and we're, there's not a right or wrong. We just wanna provide options for you to engage with others in God in a way that really helps you grow the most and thrive during these difficult times. And so we're gonna be providing options. When we come back, it's not gonna be outdoor, indoor. We're gonna provide outdoor service. We're gonna provide indoor service. We're gonna continue to provide high-level online service so that whatever is wise for you, whatever God's calling you to do, you'll have that option. Now, number three. The third, the third step that we all need to take is to stay flexible. This has been a challenging year for all of us in so many ways. Uh, it reminds me of something that my friend uh, Larry Osborne that I used to work with, we worked together for 20 years at, at North Coast down in Vista. He used to say, blessed are the flexible because they will survive. And it's really true. And this year has required so much flexibility in so many areas of our life. But it's also required flexibility in us for us as followers of Jesus in terms of our church community. 
You know, back in May when I gave that message on Christ and church and COVID, I, um, I told you that one of the steps we needed to do is embrace new experiences. And, uh, and one of the things I pointed out was that, you know, in the early church, they never met in large groups. They never met, or, well, let's say, they never met in large groups indoors together. They didn't, they never had the buildings. For the first two or three hundred years, they met in small groups. They met in homes. Uh, they met outside, but they didn't ever meet like we meet today. And that's why when some have said, oh, you have to meet because you're, you know, uh, Hebrews 10, do, do not forsake the gathering. Well, that wasn't saying gathering of, uh, of large groups indoors. They, that, they didn't have that then. And so we've been faithful to gather, whether it's been small groups or outdoors or, or whatever the case may be. And so we've been flexible all year long. And that early church, of course, they took the world by storm by meeting that way. And so uh, this year we've been flexible and you've been great so much of the time and we've, we, you've switched over to online services early on and then we, we said we're gonna do Zoom groups. We didn't know if anyone would sign up and you all signed up for Zoom groups and then we got to the summer and we, we felt like God was calling us to come back to a month of fasting and prayer and 12 meetings on our campus during August Unleash and you responded to that and then as we prayed through that we felt God was saying come back to the campus and come back aggressively and so the end of September and October, we came back uh, for weekend services. We came back for all of our ministry outdoors. And it's required so much flexibility. But you know, the reality is, even as we talk about coming back to campus and eventually indoors, it's going to continue to require that flexibility. And the reason is we can't go from zero to 60 overnight. We don't have the resources and you're not ready for it. Uh, for example, if we were just to say, hey, we're just coming back indoors right now, how many of you would come? As I've said, that many of you will not feel comfortable for that. And on top of that, it's gonna require, uh, when we start coming back on campus, it's gonna require a lot of volunteers. You know, it takes, uh, before COVID, we had hundreds and hundreds of volunteers here at Rocky Peak that served every week or every other week in one of our three services. We have, you know, first impressions volunteers and, uh, you know, the, the cafe, uh, cafe workers and uh, the hosts and the greeters and the ushers and the security team and parking teams and then kids ministry, hundreds of people volunteering to raise the next generation and student ministries and it goes on and on and on. And the reality is when we come back on campus, we're not gonna be able to do all services at one time. First of all, there wouldn't be enough of you here to even make that work. Uh, secondly, we're gonna be doing outdoor service and indoor. We can't be doing those at the exact same time. I can't be or Dre can't be in the same place at the same time. And so there's going to be some limitations and it's going, we're gonna require uh, a lot of flexibility. And of course, you're gonna play a big part of that and we'll talk more about that uh, in a minute. And then finally, the, the fourth step is we need to, as always, listen and follow. And uh, I think this can become white noise sometime, but as you know, this has become kind of the unspoken uh, or uh, uh, un, uh, informal, that's the word I'm looking for, informal motto of our church. 
We truly believe this. We believe that Jesus is alive. His Holy Spirit is real. He will speak and guide and lead us in our lives. He speaks to each of us in the way we understand the best. We, different people, different ways. But we believe he, he, he's alive and he will lead us, whether it's in our own lives or in our, as a church. And so we believe that Jesus has a vision for every church, a different vision for different churches. And our job is not to imitate other churches or try to be like someone else. Their job is not to imitate us. Our job is to seek God for his vision and carry it out, not tell him this is our vision and ask him to bless it. And so we believe that God has led us every step of the way from preparing us early so we could go online services before we even needed to, uh, knew we needed to do that. We, we had made that decision in advance before that even had to happen, that allowed that to happen. We, we, we believe with, with the Zoom life groups, we've seen it with August Unleashed, we've seen it with On Campus. We believe he's led us every step of the way and we're gonna continue to listen, follow as we move forward, as we seek him for wisdom, as we get uh, some response from you, seeking him together, for what he's gonna call us to do. But this last principle of listening and following, it's important not just for us as a church, it's important for each of us individually. And so as we wrap this up, I have three final questions, just quick questions to ask you that I need you to be thinking about, praying about, seeking the Lord on as we talk about this new year and coming back to campus. So there in your note sheet, you have 2021, three questions. So first of all, the first question is one that we've been talking about a lot already. It's very simple. Are you ready to return? Not, not am I ready to return? Are we as a church ready to return? But are you personally able to, ready to return? We've talked about this, that so we're at all different positions uh, on the spectrum in terms of COVID. And so what each of us is going to need to do is go before the Lord and ask him, Lord, what do you want me to do? If this option opens up, what do you want me to do? The reality is, is most of us uh, were kind of hardwired that we're more naturally cautious or we're naturally adventuresome. And both of us, both, both extremes can get us into trouble sometimes, right? Many times it's when we step out in faith in the face of fear and we follow Jesus and get out of the boat that we grow the most. But on the other hand, as we saw from Proverbs, that the, the mark of the wise is they see danger and take refuge. Right, and so, so the question is for you in your life, what is God calling you to do? And I wanna really challenge you that instead of just swinging to your natural affinity, whether it's cautious or being risk averse or, or risk free, that you would instead really be seeking the Lord and saying, Lord, as this option opens up, what do you want me to do? And the second thing I'd like you to do as part of this first question is I'd like you to give us some feedback to where, what you're ready for. So what we're gonna do is this Monday morning, very early, we're gonna send out a survey to our entire church. Now I'd ask you to fill it out, each of you, not just uh, one per household, but each of you, to give us a feel. It's gonna be very brief. I think it's nine or 10 questions. It'll probably take you five or 10 minutes, but it's very helpful. We're just looking to see what are you ready? Are you ready to come back? If so, how, when, what would keep you from coming back? How do you feel about that? How do you feel about coming back and serving? This would be very helpful uh, information as we try to figure out what God is calling us to do to serve you well. And so what I'm asking is that you would fill it out early this week. Uh, uh, 
like best case would be like before Wednesday. Get that back to us to give us the most time that we can begin to reflect on this and put our heads together and seek the Lord on next step, all right? Number two, the second question I have for you follows on the first is, are you ready to serve? So we've seen today, there's a difference between ready to come back or ready to serve. Let me give you an example. Uh, in the area of kids ministry, we really want to launch our kids ministry as soon as possible when we return to indoor meetings. Uh, we believe that there's ways to do that are very safe uh, and very effective. And, uh, but to do that, we need to have our kids ministry teams uh, return. Now, uh, you're gonna need to go before the Lord, whether your first impressions, whether it's kids ministry, whatever the ministry is, and you need to go before the Lord because it's one thing to come back and to come in the worship center with great ventilation and great social distancing and try that out. It's another thing to say, I'm gonna go in and work with the first through third graders or the first through five, fifth graders. And so we really need you to go before the Lord and ask him what he's calling you to do. Is it your time to serve? And again, no judgment here. Uh, he may say yes, he may say no. I'm just saying I need you to go before the Lord and ask him and then you'll be listening and following that in your own life. Uh, and then number three, the third question is, are you ready to grow? And this is such an important question. You know, way back when this whole crisis hit, you know, Lynn and I came back that weekend. We taught the final week of the series uh, and serving sacrificially it was the first time we did an online service. And then the next week, I felt like the Lord was calling me, since I was no longer going to Israel, that to calling me to, to do a special series. It was called How to Cope with the Crisis. And one of the principles, one of the things I told you then is that every time we face a crisis in our life, it's an opportunity for growth. And I told you I didn't know how long COVID was going to last or how this was going to unfold. But I told you that we could either, at the end of it, we can grow and be better and stronger and closer to Jesus, or at the end of it, we can be further away and have kind of backed away, have not grown, have gone backwards. And you know, it's so interesting because as I've talked to different believers at Rocky Peak over this, this last nine or 10 months, you know, for some of you, honestly, this has been one of the greatest growth times in your life. You've shared with me that this time has caused you to, to, like, to press into Jesus in a way that you've never had before, to pursue God in a way that you've never had before. And as you've pursued him, he has met you and transformed you. And it's been it's, it's helped you to reevaluate what church is all about, what's most important. Your priorities have come into order, and you're just thriving spiritually. And I've talked to many of you like that. But I've talked to many others or many emails. Some of you have really struggled during this time. That during this time that you've not grown stronger, that you've been more derailed. If you're honest, you'd say, I've been derailed. And you've, you've lost your sense of rhythm. Even coming to church, like even coming online, you know, it's just gotten old. And so you just got out of the habit. And so, and so you're not really taking in the word. You're not participating in worship. If you're in a life group, you're, you're maybe signed up but not engaging that much. It's just, it's not the same. And it's just, it's just not engaged. Or maybe you're not in a life group at all together. Your personal time with God is 
kind of gone by the wayside. And instead, you've got sucked into social media and you, the anger and the bitterness and all the, all the kind of the, the, the dust that's out there. And it's just, it's derailed you. But here's the thing. Whether you're thriving or whether you've been derailed, we're at the start of a new year, a start of a new season. And it's time for all of us to return, to return to the Lord. There's such a beautiful promise in the Old Testament, return to me and I will return to you. And it's such a beautiful promise. And so whether this has been a year of tremendous growth or a year of, frankly, you've been derailed, this is a beautiful time to say, I want to set my course, my, my sails for a new year. I want to get back on track. And the way that happens is by getting back to listening and following. And so as we go into this new year, may the Lord be with all of us as we seek his wisdom, his timetable, his methods, his hows and whys, as we look to return to our campus in the hopefully not too distant, the near future. Let's pray together. Father, we're just so thankful for the ministry of your Holy Spirit, the way you lead us individually, the way you've led us as a church. God, we thank you for the way you've led us this entire year, and it's, it's been a hard year. It's been so hard not being together, not rubbing shoulders spiritually, not sitting across the table in life groups, not standing around afterwards during that social time connecting, not praying together inside. Uh, not being together week after week to sing praises together, to seek your face together, to hear your word together. And God, it's been a tough year and we're so excited about the prospect of beginning the return. Like the nation of Israel after exile in Babylon, you're calling us back. And so God, we're looking to you for wisdom. We pray that as we return, God, we would be listening for your voice for your timetable for each of us, whether it's returning or whether it's serving as we return. And that together we would give grace to one another who see things differently. That we would recognize that no one is trying to hurt someone, no one is trying to be fearful, no one's trying to be evil, that we're just trying to seek you in the best way we know how. And so will you teach us to love and accept one another even if we think the other is dead wrong that we'd realize that loving one another is more important than being right in these secondary issues. So Lord, we pray that you'd give us that wisdom, you would lead us, you would guide us, and we'll praise you for it as we continue to listen and follow. And I pray this in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen.